Like Martha, God wants our diligence and sacrificial service. But God doesn't want us to serve in lieu of having a relationship with Him. Did you know that it's entirely possible to be a part of a local church and at the same time not have a relationship with Jesus? It's hard to imagine. But Jesus Himself said that it's entirely possible to do so. He said, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. In this week's sermon, Kelly preached on Luke 10, 38 to 42, where Mary and Martha are with Jesus, but have very different reactions to his presence. Today, we'll be discussing questions around these verses and more. Stay tuned from Glen Allen Bible Church. I'm Matt Marone. I'm John Vanderveld. I'm Beth Moss. And I'm Kelly Brady, and this is episode number 177 of The Next Level. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you guys feeling after yesterday, your first indoor service? Good. Great. Tired. <laughs> was it tiring? I mean, did it feel it like, like I yeah, bet you bit. were. It was a little bit. It was good work, though. Mm-hmm. It was yep. Great work. Yeah. But it's, it's so hard for me. I was like, this is just all about me right now. Okay. Yeah. Let's <laughs> are you crying? <laughs> yeah. You crying, bro? It was like exciting to have everybody here. And then, like, at the same time, you're like really frustrated because there's only a hundred people that could be here yeah. mm. and remembering yeah. what it was like before mm-hmm. uh, COVID do you, like two Sundays before we closed, we had chairs in the welcome yes. center because we didn't have an uh-huh. open seat in the entire room. And we were like making all these adjustments to try to like, yeah. Encourage people mm-hmm. to sit right yeah, next no, to each that's other. Right. Do you remember all that? I yes, was like, I you do. You can't leave a chair in between you and another <laughs> yeah. person. Mm. Now it's like, you have to leave three <laughs> chairs in that's between really you funny. and another person. So that's it was interesting exciting. perspective. Yeah. yeah, it was exciting and fun to have everybody back, and um, I think I think people are really excited to be here. And yeah, mm-hmm. at the same time, it, the reality of like kind of where we were and where we were heading and. The momentum we had, it was kind of like all realized the mm. impact that COVID has actually mm-hmm. had on our gatherings. And um, I think, man, you get, I, I was behind the scenes all day. So, but you guys, uh, you know, on the platform and it seemed like the services were great. I had, you know, as people were leaving, just really, I actually did have people that were tearing up and in yeah. tears uh-huh. as they came in mm-hmm. and left. Because, just the experience of. Matt, not, you were moved for I service. Got a, yeah. Yeah, you were crying, bro. Glad I'm behind the plexi. <laughs> just some, it's just a reflection. magnifies those tears. <laughs> yeah, <damn. right>. <laughs> Crocodile <laughs> tears. No, man, it was moving. It was moving. We, uh, I set back up these two microphones over here on the front of the stage. Beth knows what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. They're microphones so that the uh, worship leaders can hear mm-hmm. the congregation singing in our in-ears. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it, I turned it up and it people were singing especially both services mm-hmm. but especially first service it just that was the first one mm-hmm. back and it was just beautiful to hear the church sing indoors it was something different about indoors and outdoors mm-hmm. um, I mean you can hear people singing outdoor too but it's yeah, just something different. different about it being and that's what center. got you it, yeah yeah it was powerful awesome yeah mm-hmm. so what got you Kelly? I was, I had, I had happy feelings, no, Good. no tears. So it was a really energizing to mm-hmm. be ready to go. And great. Yeah. yeah. Any kinks you feel like we got to work on this for yeah, next week? There's, there's little things that we're going to, we'll iron out. One of the biggest things, I'll just talk about it now, but we'll send some information out is we're going to have m- much more of an electronic registration like a check-in experience for people hopefully this next week so mm-hmm. the way that we've been registering and doing events and all that has been just really bare bones especially because we we're outside and mm-hmm. so it was really kind of just um basic but now uh we have there's an app that you can use that's a part of the church that allows you to give online and register online and then manage your registrations and check in remotely and so mm-hmm. some of that info will be coming out this week but we're also going to add a service since we were we were totally full. We actually had uh, some waiting lists uh, even. So um, for both, yeah. Um, and it, it it comes in the in the uh, we had a hundred people in the room, 
but then uh, kids, like we had a couple kids on waiting mm -hmm. lists and things like that because of just the makeup mm -hmm. of ages. And and then we had people that were able to get their kids in, but then they couldn't get a seat mm -hmm. in the worship center and yeah. they get put on a waiting hard, list. Yeah. And so we're kind of managing all that at the last minute. But so we definitely are in a spot where we need to add another service. So next week will be 8.30, 10 o'clock and 11.15 with... Uh, children's ministry at the first two. So 8.30 and 10 will be children's ministry uh, downstairs, nursery and kids ministry. And then 11.15, there'll be no children's ministry. So the idea is that if you don't have children and you have more flexibility mm -hmm. in your schedule or whatever, we'd love to have you come at 11.15. If, yeah, if you're a Wheaton College student listening to this, <laughs> you can come 11 at 11.15. 11.15 is probably be, perfect. Yeah. yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. So um, just to, for clarity, um, if for people who... Um, like their kids were on a waiting list. Is that because we were at max capacity for space sake or for volunteer sake? Uh, Good question. Space, yeah, the the space issue. So we're children's ministry is kind of moving slow and steady. You know, wanting yeah. to have it go really well with you know a few, mm -hmm. rather than have it not go well and then have to change things. So um, it's just the makeup of the rooms and the rules that we have of how many adults we need. And yeah. so there's all these different tipping points, but a couple, we have, it's a small nursery. And so we had a few kids that couldn't get into the nursery because of the requirements that we need to follow. Um, not even COVID related, you would have to open a whole nother room, which then is double, you know, the volunteers to meet yep. that. So mm -hmm. I think this week they're going to add a spot into the nursery, um, to help with that. But that's a good question. All right. And um, communion went well. We, I love yeah, it. Yeah, people had bring their own. and Yeah. I Did Did y'all notice if people forgot? A lot of people forgot. It was about, really? it was about yeah. half and half. Ugh. Yeah, but. we were worshiping online, and we remembered when all of a sudden Grant was there, <laughs> and we were like, oh, it's communion. <laughs> so. yeah. What can we do? do we, can we, I mean, we communicate out. It was in yeah, the registration. Sure you do. Yeah. We're meeting in uh -huh. person. We're probably going to be talking to a lot of the same people mm -hmm. yeah. who are going to be coming. So we can remind week them out, more easily. Right? Yeah. I, feel like, I feel like yesterday got a little lost just in first week back. Well, we, we sent an email uh, on was it either Sunday morning or it was Saturday evening to everybody coming mm. just to remind them of a few things. And granted, there were a bunch of people that registered on Sunday morning because mm -hmm. cancellations and then wait lists and all that craziness happened. But... It did remind people even the night before. So we had like three reminders, but it happens. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. I'm not judging you. Yeah. <laughs> we would forget, you know, yeah. you right. get in the van and you're like, oh, oh dang. Yeah. It, it was communion. Not what going back do? now. So. The next time we celebrate communion, it will be Advent. Oh my goodness. December 6th. Wow. No. Advent. Wow. Yeah. It's already November. Yeah, man. That's crazy. That's I your birthday thinking, month, right? Yeah. I was just thinking yesterday. <laughs> about uh, what New Year's Eve will feel like this year. Like just like mentally. People really wanting 20. You are, like, <laughs> right. like there's one hour and then we're in 2021 and is everything different now? Is this, no. Is yeah. everything yeah. awesomer? And <laughs> it's all awesomer. awesomer. <laughs> it's, like, it's funny. I mean, Grant's uh, communion, the whole idea of don't put your hope in the election, mm -hmm. I think was really... Or in all these other things. Right. Like, or in anything. Like yeah. Martha had put her hope in yeah. a clean house. And yeah. Mm -hmm. He just did a great job, I thought, of integrating a so real too. current cultural moment. Mm -hmm. um, I was listening to a podcast today, and they, they were talking about there's really only two options with what's going to happen tomorrow with the election. One is there's a clear victor the numbers are indisputable. Right. The victory is for, for either side. Right. Mm -hmm. That's an option or a contested. It's election. a fully oh. contested election that, that is going to tear the country oh. even more apart than oh. it already is. And they're, they're saying, you know, if, if it's so contested that they, there's lawsuits about mail-in mm. ballots, there's lawsuits about yeah. early voting. There's going to be contested state laws the election could go to, to Congress, which will then it will likely be settled by the Supreme Court. I mean, it could be wow. weeks and months and really, really uh, bad. So their point was all Americans, no matter where your party lines fall, let's all be hoping and praying for just for somebody to win <laughs> right. really clearly. Yeah. 
uh, you know, as soon as possible so that we can mm -hmm. spare ourselves the pain of. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I, I've seen but, a few headlines that's so apparently a record turnouts for already for yeah. voters for younger yeah. voters mm -hmm. yeah yeah so i don't know what that means exactly yeah. i right. think i know it, what it, it just means was, it was good for me to hear grant because so much of my thinking and reading lately yeah, right. has just been around this whole thing mm -hmm. i mean the ads are everywhere and yeah um that's that's gonna be so. the best part about it is that the ads are done for like <laughs> a couple more years yeah. and well yeah. the ads are done for like Ugh. four months and then we get the next <laughs> round of uh -huh. congressional yeah uh, people running so all right well let's go into some questions question number one how do we know when we are pursuing good things to sinful excess martha was um had a gift of hospitality and that's a great thing uh, but it had kind of driven her rather than her driving it she had a an attitude she was serving which is great uh, but she's distracted, worried, upset. So I, I always like, and I think I learned this from Tim Keller, who's a preacher out of New York City, uh, are the best idols, and an idol's a bad thing. <laughs> the best, it's a, you know, the second commandment breaker. The best idols are made out of God's gifts. And so the gift for Martha of hospitality uh, and of opening her home and caring for Jesus, um, she that gift was being used inappropriately. It was being used as the question asker says to sinful excess. So I think about our jobs, our income, our marriages, our children. These are great gifts that God gives us. We can easily begin worshiping the gift rather than the giver of the gift if we're not careful. Do you guys remember in Exodus, the, the, um, the account of the Israelites leaving Egypt, they actually uh, plunder the Egyptians? The, the Egyptians are moved so eager to see them go, the Israelites asked them for gold and silver and clothing, mm -hmm. and the, the Egyptians handed over to them. And so they leave Egypt with all this uh, wealth. They were slaves leaving wealthy. Well, they get into the desert, and they make golden calves out <laughs> of the plunder that they had, God had given them to exit slavery. So this gift of exiting Egypt and getting out of slavery and not only that, but leaving wealthy, they get into the desert and they use it to make golden calves. And so I just, it's not uncommon for us to take the gifts God given us and make them into idols. So the question. Yeah, you, you listed, a, I think this is in response to you sort of listed a lot of things that uh, suburbanites yeah. are drawn to. Mm -hmm. yeah, I can't remember your list, but Second service, it was longer than first. You kept going, 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 going. Was groups between first and second service? <laughs> but it Things was like, like you know, your, your vacation, uh -huh. your Take home the remodel, yeah. your... the partnership in your fur in a firm, the varsity <laughs> athlete yeah, position. They, yeah, mm -hmm. it's like all those are all great things, and yeah. no, right. no one's saying playing a sport or getting a promotion yeah, or first chair in the orchestra or whatever. Yeah, it is. yeah, is bad. Yeah. But it's so. Would you say it's? Um, so how do we know when we've moved into the category? Well, I think there's a, a thousand different ways to answer that. Mm -hmm. From the passage last week, the Martha passage, I, I want to note a couple things. Martha's inability to celebrate Mary's opportunity mm -hmm. to sit at Jesus' feet is a telltale indicator that her priorities are out of whack. And so when we can't celebrate that others are drawing close to God. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you an example. It's the nursery worker at church who's upset no one else is volunteering. And now other people need to volunteer. I got mm -hmm. it. But she's, he or she, is irritated that others are upstairs in worship when they should be holding babies. Am I? Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Okay. So if we get to where we're serving and we're angry... Mm -hmm. It's probably um, when our attitudes are bad, basically, mm -hmm. and we can't celebrate um, yeah. other people's opportunity, other people's I think that's a really great one. Really, we can kind of judge other people and how they're spending their time and feel bitter in our service. And I, I was thinking, I don't know, Kelly, what you think about this, but when we start to put our identity in those things... Um, rather than our hope and our identity in Christ. But when we're like, I am this, I do that. And that's where we see our worth and our value. Maybe we're, we're taking our gifts to a little bit of sinful excess. 
Mm-hmm. And it's hard to know when we mm-hmm. cross that line, mm-hmm. uh, when our gifts become, we, we begin seeing ourselves as our gifting mm-hmm. rather than as having gifts, but actually, you know, so, rather than seeing ourselves in relationship with our creator, mm-hmm. we see ourselves as representing the creator, ambassadors, which is good. We are ambassadors for Christ, but we're primarily children of God, mm-hmm. firstly, and only secondarily mm-hmm. ambassadors. And I think if we if we have wor- if we're worried, Mar- Martha mm-hmm. was worried. Jesus described her as upset. Then our our these may be indicators that our priorities are out of whack. In other words, our concerns tell us a lot about what our focus is. For example, Jesus said, "Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." And so if if we can take an inventory of what are we daily worried about, what are, what's upsetting us, it will give us an mm-hmm. indicator, potentially, of where our focus is and whether or not our focus mm-hmm. is on the right things. We it, get worried and upset about a lot of things that really don't have long-term consequences. Yeah. I think your comment about resources is a good one. I think about the things that I, my time or my money that I spend you know, too much on <laughs> and you're like, okay, that, that's something I enjoy, but now it's, or, um, is, is maybe good for my kids or whatever. And you, you, you're easily and quickly writing these, mm-hmm. you know, checks to experiences and teams and, you know, whatever else. Yep. And you're thinking, man, this is, this has moved into a different category. And when I look at where my resources and time are going and a disproportionate amount is going to something that, mm-hmm you know, is, uh, kind of not like it's fruitless, but, um, mm-hmm. not, of, not in the right priorities as things of the church or whatever. Uh, how many of us worry that, you know, our neighbors don't know, uh, Christ. Yeah. I mean, that's, right. that's, that's a different worry. Mm-hmm. How many of us, and I'm not encouraging worry. Let me say it this way. How many of us are focused on praying that our neighbors would come to Christ versus worrying about whether our kids are going to make a, the varsity yeah, team. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I, want, sure. I wanted my kids to play varsity athletics, and they mm-hmm. seem to have the gifts to do it. So that's something I wanted for them. Uh, but what drives us mm-hmm. and how easy it is to get out of balance? How many of us worry about whether or not the missionaries that we love will be fully funded? Yeah. Or safe. Safe. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. yeah. And then how much should we put that on our kids if we're worrying about how, like, are they going to be on the varsity team? Are they get, then we're, are we projecting that onto them and putting them out of balance too? When yeah. we really just need to be pointing them to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Second service. I, Sherry was in second service and gave me some feedback. She goes, well, you were really pointed at suburbanites. <laughs> and I thought, well, in a bad way, honey, <laughs> she goes, just pointed. Just oh, really. Sherry. <laughs> and I remember in second service, I, I noted that parents in the suburbs may be playing the role of Martha Mm-hmm. to their children as Mary. In other words, telling them to get up from the presence of Jesus and get busy doing things that are mm-hmm. a distraction from what's primary. Mm-hmm. Anyway. That's a really good thought. All right, let's go to question number two, talking again about suburbanites. Suburbanites are busy, that's for sure, but they also seem lazy in some regards, concerned with comfort and convenience. How do we encourage hard work, especially working for the kingdom's interest? Yeah, so the tension <laughs> here is, uh, and I, it would be easy to take the Mary-Martha passage and say, and interpret Mary as doing nothing. She's just sitting there learning, mm-hmm. kicking back, relaxing, right. and, so, and condemning Martha's hard work. Martha's hard work is great, and mm-hmm. it should be valued. It's her attitude that's bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so Jesus said, so if we're going to encourage hard work for the kingdom's sake, and, and I, Beth, you brought up our missionaries. I think of our missionaries and how hard they work and how mm-hmm. they put themselves at risk, mm-hmm. and they endure difficulties. We have several missionaries that couldn't get home this summer, stuck in foreign lands, mm-hmm. um, because of COVID and just the sacrifices they make. So how do we encourage hard work and having a right attitude? And I really think it is to note 
that Jesus said something interesting about the will of God and the work, the service he was doing. He said, my food, my sustenance, what fills me, he says, is to do the will of him who sent me. And, and I think as suburbanites, we do need a change of diet. We need to stop eating spiritual junk food or its equivalent. Mm-hmm. In other words, there are a lot of activities that leave us empty. Sitting in front of the television and binge watching Crap, West Wing. Crap TV. Yeah. Now, the West Wing is good television. <laughs> That's, it's basically biblical. It's it is. Veggie Tales it is, and then it West is Wing. the gospel. <laughs> it is the gospel. <laughs> but yeah, good point. I mean, West Wing has a point of diminishing return where we're just wasting <laughs> our lives. So there are activities in suburbia that leave us empty. We need to be honest about that, and we need to be challenging each other. We need to understand there are activities that leave us full, feeling satisfied, and that nourish us spiritually. And I think that's what we need to tell people is we need a better spiritual diet, and and there are better things out there to do with our time than mm-hmm. many of the suburbanites are filling their time with. Mm-hmm. Prayer, for example, and I, I really took aim at one of the reasons I don't think we're interested in prayer is Suburbanites like to-do lists uh, mm-hmm. and check it off and goals-oriented. And prayer can feel like you're wasting your time. Mm-hmm. But in a supreme irony, it's the most productive activity, I'm convinced, that we can be about. We, we, it's just, the, you know, suburbanites get quickly, and I'm guilty of this, and I, but I see it all the time, but in complaining about how difficult things are, like, Mm-hmm. I had so much to do and the kids and I'm busy and da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. it's like, it's not real busy though. Like it's, it's all it, it like, <laughs> they're just, we're drawn, suburbanites are drawn to wanting to it to be comfortable and easy. Like it's not hard out here. Right, like life no. is not hard. Not from a global perspective. I mean, how, from yeah, a global from, perspective, yeah. or yeah, relative to what? Well, this is Disney. Right. Well, you, you've made your life hard by the fact that you have to drive to five soccer practice. Mm-hmm. Like, are you speaking from experience? You have, you know, a bazillion children, <laughs> and you like. That's right. your fault. Like, <laughs> you did this to yourself. John has a, the gift of compassion. Yes, yes, yes I see. <laughs> you can see. <laughs> Do you get what I mean, though? Like, yeah, we yeah. kind Absolutely. of make our own mm-hmm. uh, nightmare nightmares, mm-hmm. and then we com- and then we love to complain about them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, I hear a lot of you know just excuses for not being involved in good things, meaningful things, purposeful things. I make them myself, and and I hear them because of these other things. And those are just about me and my Mm -hmm. comfort and what I like. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we, I lived in the city for 10 years in Chicago and now I've lived out here. This is going on year four, I think, right. Year three. And, um, yeah, I mean, out here you make them up, but in the city they're handed to you. (laughs) It's like, there's no question that life out here and it's not that, oh, it's just a different hard. It's like, no, life out here compared to life in the city is pretty easy going. To your point, once you start adding things, mm-hmm. then it gets complex. But, right. I mean, a good example is just me. In my last couple of years in the city, I was noticing, like, I was starting to have kind of like panic attacks mm. driving in traffic. And I'm mm. talking like yeah, right. traffic, yeah. yeah, you know, like on 94 coming into the city. Our commute now is pretty difficult. Isn't <laughs> That's that? hard, yeah. Six minutes. <laughs> on a bike. I mean, that one, that when that light on president goes red, it's like, come <laughs> on. Oh, man, when I get stopped by a train, I'm just uh-uh. fuming. No, no it, for real, like Stop I was starting to have like kind of mental and physical issues <laughs> just with the complexity of the city it is like Mm. out here it's like you can breathe and but we are quickly finding out that you absolutely can stack Mm -hmm. your deck you can add to your list of stuff to do and then all of a sudden you have no time for anything in the day Mm because you're you know yep sure and i um took yesterday off as sabbath one of the difficulties with uh working on the weekend is and you guys know this working on the weekend is you know when are we going to take a day off sabbath together um, and do we get one? And sometimes Sherry and I, I've done Sabbath on Saturday and she'd take it on Sunday. And, uh, Wait, what's it, this? It's a day huh? off. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the third commandment. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, 
to do it together yesterday, relax around the house. Um, mm-hmm. It was good. But it's amazing how much intentionality that takes. Yeah. We have projects around the house we're trying to get done. And to leave them for a whole day. Mm-hmm. Wait, you don't, you so don't, you don't do, like anything at the house you don't do? Well, yesterday we said we're just, we're not. Yeah. Okay. So we have you know, mm-hmm. cool. projects half done. It, it, we try not to be legalistic about the Sabbath, but yeah. uh, mm-hmm. it needs to be restful. And but sometimes, sometimes you have to put up boundaries, right? right. Or yeah. else you're not going right. to mm-hmm. do it. I'll say, well, I'm just going to do this one thing and, yeah. and six yeah. six. Six things Activities later. Activities later. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We also need to not judge. If I, if you tell me you're taking a Sabbath and I see you out there working on something, like I, I shouldn't just immediately be like, dude, <laughs> you know, come on, man. I mean, because it could be restful for you. It could right. Be. Mm-hmm. But you have to draw, you have to know the line between this is a restful practice for me and I'm having trouble sitting looking at this undone. Right, right. Those are two different things yes. mm-hmm. that we have to wrestle through, right? right. Figuring out what Sabbath yeah, means. Yeah, the goal of the goal of Sabbath is to recognize uh, God is creator and sustainer of all things and and we are dependent upon him. It's it's a it's a break that recognizes our dependence upon God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kelly, I know it's just you and Sherry now. Yeah. <laughs> It's really <laughs> stressful. Dinner at four thirty. But I mean, when your kids I mean, were we still living in pajamas, we had a, we had a hard day yesterday. <laughs> I took a nap. I mean, we were fortunate five thirty. <laughs> Murder she wrote two thirty in the afternoon. Come home for that, just real quick. Murder she wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Preceding the Waltons. <laughs> Beth, you had a real question. I had yes, a real, you had a real question. question. <laughs> we, we chimed in to mock. <laughs> when your kids were living at home, <laughs> did you guys do Sabbath as a family, or did you have periods of that? <laughs> we talked about Sabbath. Um, we we certainly didn't require our kids, but we would talk about Sabbath, Sherry and I, and uh, they were they'd be aware of it. We'd say, "Hey, we're taking the day off." Mm-hmm. And, uh, both my older kids, uh, Andrew and Micah, have um, have very intentional Sabbath exercises now. Mm. Oh, that's cool. That's uh, cool. Micah actually did a semester project on the Sabbath, mm-hmm. readings, writing paper, exercises. So the exercises are prayer like exercises, or they are. They're renewal exercises of renewal and dependence. Mm-hmm. That's cool, and yeah. they do it every week, like or try well, to take a set right. Yeah, I mean. Let's yeah. not get crazy Let's here. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> but Jesus they, only said to, but. <laughs> thank you. Uh, but they have, uh, they may turn their phone off. Okay. Imagine. Uh, I'm disconnect. Just look, yeah, I'm just looking for some practical ideas for families with kids yeah. on how to implement a Sabbath. We, we tried to do it years ago. There was a... a decent stretch but our kids were littler than oh yeah when they 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 get older right they actually have their own and then you you are like in the midst of all of it right, right. so like yeah when they start like, establishing their own schedule yeah mm-hmm. then it's it's difficult we had what we called field trip monday mm-hmm. my, my yeah. day off used to be monday many moons ago and we would schedule something family oriented celebrate mm-hmm. god's goodness together that day and yeah i remember um one time at a conference, which, you know, you have to be careful listening to people speak at conferences. You can learn some really bad theology. I think <laughs> people are all juiced up and jacked up ready to <laughs> talk to you. And, you know, this guy was, he was like acute Sabbath taker. He was, that was his oh, whole yeah. talk was, that was him. the importance yeah. of a Sabbath. And he was like, I don't care. The phone goes off. I don't care if the church is burning down. I don't care if someone's in the hospital. I am done. I'm on my Sabbath. I am like no connection mm-hmm. with Obviously, this person worked for the church, and you know, yeah. I think he was either a senior pastor, executive, whatever. And he's like, "You cannot contact me on my probably staff. a senior pastor." <laughs> it sounds like a senior. <laughs> right. No, how do you feel about like something that like he takes it so he or she takes it so seriously that you can't even get to them? Well, I'd, I'd be concerned if their spouse couldn't get to it. Well, them. no, no, yeah. he's with it. He's, it's, then that's the thing. It's family. It's Sabbath. This is the I one day. Know. I just hey. start driving west. <laughs> <laughs> no one can find me. I, uh, I don't know. I, to your point, Matt. I mean, I, when I see someone that um, strident, I, my gut tells me uh, they skated close to the edge, maybe burnout. And they're yeah, right. and they are having to take some really drastic measures to create space for renewal. Yeah. 
Yeah, it makes me think there's probably just chaos in their wake and around them, and they need to latch on a onto mechanism s- of control. Yeah, they need to mm-hmm. latch onto something that they can just over control like crazy. Yeah. Um, where they probably, you know, and you've really controlled your Sunday afternoon experience. Well, how, what, what's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, mm-hmm. you know, what's the rest of your life look like? Are you, yeah. you know, going all day, all night, answering your phone at every moment on Monday? Well, that's probably not good that's for not you. That's not a sustainable Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, and just trying either. to get it all back on Sunday, not a great plan. Yeah. We but, all know that, you know, when you take vacation, you pay for it before and after. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. you, know, yes, you do. You run crazy into vacation, mm-hmm. and then you come out of vacation at like a bat out of hell. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not a sustainable pattern either. Right. And so... Um, that would have been a good thing to talk about in relation to this passage. Well, thank you. I'll try to do better on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, think I'm, I was just thinking like, wow, that's a powerful uh, example that we can all relate to that like, because we all do that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. man, like what's the point of God's giving you this gracious position where you can take a vacation. That means you're financially able. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That means your work is, you're mm-hmm. able in all of these ways and yeah. you're going, but Man, I mean, and then you Thank get you. there, and it takes a day or two and to yeah. get into yeah. it. You're stressed out up. going on vacation. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, sorry. Right. Just... We do need sustainable rhythms. Absolutely. All right. Well, this next question goes into more of the how with our relationship with God. So, how how do we? Question number three. How do we develop our relationship with God? There must be something beyond Bible study and prayer, which feels so abstract compared to meeting with a friend. What am I missing? Are there or are there forms and methods of prayer that can draw us closer to God and help us develop dependence? Yeah. In fact, this week, uh, Luke chapter 11, we turn the page into Luke 11, verses 1 to 4. We're doing uh, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who is in heaven, and uh, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. And so Christ is actually going to give us a, a guideline in prayer. So, you know, he, this person asked, what are, what are we missing? Um, what you're missing is that meeting with God is not like meeting with a friend. It's similar to, but it's not the same. Um, and for that reason, it's a little bit more difficult. And, and it takes some practice. You know, G, uh, in Isaiah, we read, his ways are not like our ways. His thoughts aren't our thoughts. <laughs> um, and so meeting with God and cultivating a presence uh, being in his presence and cultivating a relationship with God, it it takes some work. It takes some discipline. Um, so I I would say you're not crazy. Paul himself said that we see through a glass darkly. It's it is a little abstract. Another another way to say it's abstract is to say we see through a glass darkly. It's it's a little opaque, and it takes some growth in our relationship. I was praying this morning. Um, get here to church. We have a room that's off by itself, I'll go into the room, and the next thing I know, I'm dozing off. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the garden. I thought I heard something. Am I editing this? (laughs) I just, it takes some work, and so I I come to. I'm like any good disciple, right? Peter, James, and John, they're asleep at the Transfiguration. They're asleep uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, so, you know, and then I start talking about... Wait, was there plumbing in this room? (laughs) No. Okay, just make sure. (laughs) <laughs> I start talking to God. I'm so tired. Why am I so tired? Why can't I stay awake? And so just dialoguing with yeah. God, I would suggest dialoguing with God about the frustrations in connecting with him, in con- cultivating relationship with him. Um, that's what I would suggest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot, I think that your first part's really, it's really about expectations Right, like, what is your expectation for your relationship? Is it is it like a f- earthly friend? Is it like a father figure? You know, what are your expectations? Having the correct expectations of what does God think of us? And I mean, we talked a lot about identity, but what does God think of us? What do we think of Him? How do we relate to Him? I mean, there's just if, if we're expecting somebody, um, we, we laugh even just before this about worship songs that kind of put too much of a, of a earthly description, description mm-hmm. on God's love. And we kind of get like, yeah, 
it makes us feel weird. If, yeah, it's What's like the lyric we were it's just the singing? madly in love. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. God, God is madly, God is in, madly in, love. in love with you. And it's a it's, it's a, a rom- setup to remember this one truth. Yeah, God is madly, madly in, love in love with, with you. you. Uh huh. And it, so anyway, it, I think <laughs> what our expectations are on how we, the relationship we have with God and how we experience him, how we experience yeah. him, and and what we. Um, what we hope to have, like the feeling that you get when you're with a friend doing something fun together is a, is a unique experience to an earthly friend that's in your presence that you're doing something. You're not going to have that exact same experience with God, right? I mean, yeah. you're just not. Um, There'll be similarities. There's certainly similarities, and, and there actually can be even maybe more of a depth in your relationship with God, Um so, and there are creative things that can be done. Um, maybe we could hear from some of y'all. When do you feel most connected with God? I mean, uh, out in nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- typically, this is these are described as pathways mm-hmm. to God. So, out in nature, taking a walk in nature as you're talking with God. Many mm-hmm. feel connected th- that way. Um, some journal, they do their best. They feel connected. Their mind doesn't wander. They don't mm-hmm. fall asleep when they're actually <laughs> journaling. Writing. Yeah. yeah. So I always like to be careful when I think about stuff like that. Um, I like to think of it more of um, when I do those things instead of a, a pathway to God, even though it kind of is that it's more of me removing obstacles out of the path. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I feel like you could cultivate a dependency. Mm-hmm on that thing than to experience God. Well, and I have had, um, <laughs> so there was a season in which I was taking long walks and praying, and then it, it became about the walk and not the prayer. Yeah. <laughs> How many miles did you get in? Yeah. <laughs> so, All of a sudden, he's got a new Garmin watch. <laughs> and, you know, like, <laughs> nothing wrong, nothing new, wrong new, with that. New walking shoes. <laughs> And then uh, reading God's word, uh, it can be the same. It's how many chapters did I get through rather mm-hmm. than did I hear the, mm-hmm. the Lord's voice? What is the Lord saying? Um, how is he caring for me? How am I responding to what I'm reading? So it's, it's complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's go to question number four. I am one of those who fear that my kids will be average, and we are a very busy family in our efforts to be above average. I'm not sure why that is bad, but while you were preaching, I did feel afraid that I've prioritized the wrong things for my family and communicated the wrong priorities. What do I do? And I just want to say it's not bad to work hard to be excellent. It is bad to make excellence your idol. Mm-hmm. I, man, I hope I work hard. I, I yeah. want the church to know I, mm-hmm. the staff is working hard. We <laughs> sound like we're falling asleep on the job. <laughs> right. It's not like we are. <laughs> See if I'm ever vulnerable again. <laughs> It was too easy. It was was too too easy. easy. The couch was vulnerable, and then there's too much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're funny, Kelly. (laughs) Make me laugh. Uh, What I'm seeing in in here is the use of the word fear. I have this fear that my kids will be average. Mm. And, um, you know, having a lot of kids, I I guess I haven't (laughs) talked. Do I have a lot of kids? How many? Um, I haven't talked about it too much. On By the way, that's this. your fault. Yeah, right. Yeah. That is, John, is my fault. It's on you. <laughs> I knew Reap what I was what getting into, right? Reap what you sow. <laughs> oh, anyway, yes, having lots of kids. But I haven't talked too much about some of my kids. One of them has pretty severe special needs. And when he was young, someone said very, very wise words to me. They They said, you know, when we started to realize our child might be not as typical as others, we... We mourned that and we feared what their outcome Mm -hmm. would be, what they would be like. And then I realized, do I want my kids to be like everybody else or do I just want them to really fully understand how much Jesus loves them? And so I guess that's what I see in this is I, I, I get you, whoever wrote this question is. I have some very high excelling kids and my kids kind of have a spectrum that they're on. And ultimately what God has done for me is really helped me realize it. My job is to help them see how much God loves them and what he's done for them. And that's a good word. And we can release ourselves of the fear because God's got the plans for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God's good. Beth, do you see in a suburban culture, the, 
the realities in which we live, do you see your kids feeling stressed? And if so, how do you coach them? Mm. Stressed with the expectation of being above average. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen my kids yet articulate that, though they have stress. Um, but I think, you know, we really talk a lot about our identity in our house, which I know I was the one that brought it up today, but we really do talk about identity probably, in, you know, on multi-levels because we do have a multiracial family and we've got kids who are biologically ours and those who are ours by adoption. And so we're talking about, we want all our kids to realize our identities in Christ. And so mm -hmm. I think because we talk a lot about that and we will remind our kids, like, I know you, you're really great at this one thing, but like God made you to be so much more and his purposes for you. And we, we want you to, to be seeking God with your gifts. So mm -hmm. I guess that's how we've handled that. I, Carrie and I have wrestled a lot with the, um, feeling like we need to provide or put as many opportunities mm -hmm. in front of our kids as possible totally. because you don't want to be the parents that didn't mm -hmm. provide an opportunity and your kids missed out on something that they, they could have been in the NBA, yeah, they but could, you like, didn't put you them in basketball. Just sign them up for travel basketball I mean, in third grade. You need right. to be in the NBA right now, you know? Uh -huh. And Kelly, you've actually been really helpful in some of those conversations with your kids just being down the road a right. little bit longer. And you've said things like, you know, if they're going to achieve, they're not going to not achieve it if that was what they were supposed yeah. to achieve. Yeah. Uh -huh. There's multiple things. You providing an opportunity is just one path. Mm -hmm. They've got to have the talent and they've got to have the drive. the drive. And like there's other factors that mm -hmm. go into kids achieving all that they had hoped for mm -hmm. or, you know, and or what God has, has called them to, to be mm -hmm. a part of. And so um, we've gotten into conversation, you know, like, well, should we keep pushing them in this? Like, mm -hmm. You know, I just don't want them to not do it now right. and then want to do it when they're in 10th grade right. and realize, they well, the ship the sailed a long time mm -hmm. ago, buddy. Remember back in seventh grade when we were saying, mm -hmm. maybe try basketball or whatever. Right. I'm just well. giving an example. But I think we can get really wrapped up in mm -hmm. being being parents in um, an, an area where there's so many great opportunities mm -hmm. for, for kids. And it's like, well, they're doing this and they're doing this and they're doing, you like feel like you need to set out this excellent buffet mm -hmm. before your children and allow them just to do any and everything. And then, you know, they'll have yeah. a great life. And it's like, man, you just, <laughs> you're making them crazy. One of the things I really think in retrospect helped my children shake free of the pressure to excel in everything they did. And I really think that's a pressure. Oh, yeah. It's unrealistic. We're not going to excel in everything. We're right. going to suck at some things. Yeah. Was traveling uh, to third world countries. Mm. Mm -hmm. I think it really helped my kids yeah. realize, my gosh, we do live in Disneyland. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. getting our kids out of the country and several of the trips they took were with the youth ministry here mm -hmm. in seeing how fortunate we are and what a strange county we live in where there are so many opportunities and particularly what they saw when they went to third world settings that um, they saw that there was happiness there and joy there mm -hmm. despite not having all the opportunities in other words there's knowing Christ being in a church community having friends that's what wealth is that's where the blessings are yes it's it's fun to enjoy the gifts you've been given, and your kids should cultivate the gifts they've been given. They should have some aspect of Martha's work ethic. But the notion that we're going to get distracted, worried, and upset if we don't excel at everything, we really need to set that aside. I'll give you one really, what for me was significant. Our kids, two of our kids, were invited to test for the PACE program, oh, yeah. the gifted program. And they both decided, no, don't want to even, mm -hmm. don't want to consider it because there's too much homework. Mm -hmm. And we really, Sherry and I were excited about that. <laughs> that excited that they didn't want to do it? That they didn't do it? Or that, right. Yeah. Excited that they didn't test and they weren't interested in being a part of PACE. Mm -hmm. um, now, I'm not saying PACE is bad. No. But our kids weren't bored in the regular classes. Mm -hmm. And so, and they were doing plenty of homework at night. 
and I didn't want to upset that apple cart. And I can remember thinking, our kids will be fine. They'll get to go to college. Mm -hmm. Let's see how their gifts blossom. And, um, and they did blossom really well. And then one of, one of our kids, uh, got into a, 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 a class in high school where they were bored Mm-hmm. And they ask, oh, I need out of this. Mm-hmm. I need to be up a, a level because I just, this is driving me nuts, the, mm-hmm. the slow pace. And so letting our kids discover mm-hmm. that, we're just so afraid so afraid our kids will be average. Mm-hmm. And our kids need to be average in some area. It's just mm-hmm. unrealistic. They'd be excellent in every area. That's right. not reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's hard too is is our culture is often you just keep hammering at the weakness to make the weakness Ugh. better. Yeah. So... Um, there's some some cool uh, videos about how do you help kids in their growing their strength. Be operating in your strengths most of the time, and yeah. you know, like if your kid comes home and they're awesome at re- English and reading, you know, language arts, and they're terrible at math. As parents, you usually wind up spending all this time with them on math, mm-hmm. and you never really throw any fuel on the fire of the language arts yeah. and. Not that math isn't important when a kid is young. Like there's some basics, sure. right? Some some hoops you need to jump through and some work that you need to do. But eventually it's not going to serve them well just to keep pounding mm-hmm. on math, 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 math. Like at well, some point you just go, go, they're not a math kid yeah. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be in advanced math. But let's, how do we help them, you know, get better at language arts and more advanced and get them mm-hmm. more books and get them into things like that. That's going to fuel that giftedness yeah. and what can they I, like. Can I, I totally agree 100%. And I also want to point out the converse. The converse is the kid who gets a five on the AP in math and is pressured into taking the full ride at Northwestern in mm-hmm. an engineering degree hmm. because they're so gifted mm-hmm. and they hate it. Yeah. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So I also think we, we ought to, even if our kids are brilliant in an area, listen really closely to what the Lord is yeah, drawing totally. out yeah. of them and totally. calling them to. Mm-hmm. This, this child who hated Northwestern Engineering Program is now about to leave for the mission field to do kids ministry, which was all, what he always wanted to do. Mm. And I just, I think we need... We need to listen to our children and what the Lord's doing in their lives. So, yeah. How do you balance all of this with um, just this, this simple idea of being better at something, right? So, like, I remember thinking this uh, a few weeks back. I saw this commercial on TV. It was a Nike commercial, you know, be better, be great, be... The whole point was to be better. You know, it showed, like, pictures of Kobe and, you know, just <laughs> and be if you better. Wear, if be you better. wear Nikes, you'll be that. You'll be totally better. Right uh-huh. But just be better than you were yesterday, like, mm-hmm. right, right. But there's, uh, but the, the problem is, is the better was the God in that commercial, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, right? So to what end do you be better, right? But but there is a, a part of um, what God wants for us, like in making something beautiful, making something better, being, you know, you, we try to make this podcast as good as we can make it. Sure. You try to make your sermon as good as suck, we can make it. Right? I want to make sure my guitars are in tune and mm-hmm. I want to make sure that what we do from the platform is beautiful and, yeah. and well put together. Mm-hmm. And so how do you balance kind of what we're talking about with um, what seems like God's call for us to, to, to be good at something and to be better with this question, this person asking this question, like we are, we are very busy in our efforts to be above average. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Beth pointed it out, but fear Fear is a driver here. Yeah, um, a fear of missing out. Fear of failure. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Fear of not missing out. Them everything they want. Yeah. Uh, now, now there's also fear that they've prioritized the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. I would say grace. We, I think we we balance the call to cultivate our gifts by with grace because we all fall short, mm-hmm. and and so it, it is true. We get better at what we do every day. So if I want to get better at something, and I do, I want to be a better preacher. I've started, yeah, so we want to get better, and we get better at what we do every day. If we want to be better at prayer, we're going to pray every day. If we want to be better in in understanding God's Word, we're going to be in it every day. But we realize at the same time that we're also going to fall short. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time 
guilting myself or shaming myself. I'm going to, I'm going to extend myself grace, the grace that God loves me, cares yep. for me. My goal is not to be perfect, and I don't suffer with perfectionism. Some do. Uh, my goal is to be faithful. And, and faithful is a recognition that, uh, that I'm invited, invited to, to utilize my gifts yeah. and bear lots of fruit. But, it's, but it's in being trying to be better at what you do, is that in being faithful? Is that part of yeah, being faithful? Absolutely. So my goal is never excellence. I don't want to be excellent. That's I don't mind if I'm excellent. Maybe I'll end up excellent. But excellent is becomes its own idol. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I don't know of a Bible verse that says, "Be all you can be," because that makes it about me. Right. Faithfulness is a target that makes it about God, and in what, in the way He's gifted me, and what He's called me to. It's a very unique. Faithfulness is about me. It's not about Kobe. Faithfulness escapes comparison. Mm -hmm. So I never have to compare myself to whoever the great preachers were. Mm -hmm. In other words, I just have to be aware of the gifting I've been given, the time I've been given, and and am I I diligent? Yeah. And would you say in whatever your occupation is, whether it's in the church or out of the church, that would you say that um, it would be unfaithful? if you didn't have a desire and a drive to, to be better at your occupation? Like, what if you are a carpenter and you're just kind of like, yeah, you know, I get yeah, it. My edges are every- straight as good, and, but I'm, I'm just, I don't want to put in the work. It's fine. I'm, I'm good. People are hiring me. I make a living. I could be better, but I'm not interested. Is that a bad Yeah, that strikes me as bad because we're to do everything we do uh, for God's glory. We're to honor him with our lives. And what you described there struck me as lazy. Yeah. Um, like slothful. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's there's also an element. I, I often use the the enjoyment factor. Like if it's starting to not be enjoyable, the growth, it's not drawing me to be more faithful. I'm getting resentful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm starting to <laughs> yeah. wish I wasn't doing this mm-hmm. or it's starting to cause pain and stress and you know then i need to back off a little bit you know it's like you hear athletics is a terrible metaphor for a lot of things but this it actually might serve as well as when an athlete is gifted in something like you see it in cyclists all the time they're gifted in something and then they go too far into it Mm -hmm. and they get too too many races too much pressure and the joy that used to be Mm -hmm. the activity is gone because it's turned into this drive to win, to succeed and to be the best Mm -hmm. in it. Mm -hmm. And it's the marrying of those two things, right? Where you can continue to strive, but it just, it causes joy. It allows you to you to do, to do what you love to do even better versus it becoming, uh, like this burden that you're... My yoke is easy. My yeah, burden is light. totally. Mm-hmm. Right. It's yeah. a great verse for but it. But there's still a burden. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I want to pray. I don't want to fall asleep. I mean, right. just candidly, I don't want to fall asleep. Yeah. But it happens. Mm-hmm. It happens. And then I wake up and I, I say, I can't... God, why can't I stay awake while I'm praying here? And <laughs> and and then the, it, there's intimacy. I'll be really honest with you. There's, there's intimacy with the Lord in talking about uh, what I long to do yeah. without shame and guilt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's go to um, question number five, our last question. Once the elections are over, can we assume that the winners are God's will for our nation and that God wanted that person to be in office? Thanks for coming to the Next Level Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Have y'all voted? Yes. Yes. Not yet. Who'd you vote for? Sherry Brady. <laughs> you wrote in my wife's name. I, I Everybody is. In. You told us to. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to get her name in the paper. Right? Oh, I 7% hope of the vote in DuPage County. <laughs> <laughs> I'm voting right, on me, election me. day because all the other votes don't count. What did you just say? You have to vote on election day or all the other votes don't count. <laughs> right? Isn't that what they're telling right, us? That's right. <laughs> So once the election's over, can we assume the winners are God's will for our nation and that God wanted the winner in office? No. We can't assume that. No. I think the most we can say is that God allowed the winners to win. Mm -hmm. I don't think we can go so far, and and this is what has really peeved me. It frustrated me, upset me, made me (laughs) angry about some segments of the church 
they've actually said that Trump is God's will or that Biden is God's will. And I want to say, wow, then you've heard something I've not heard or and you've you've come up with a revelation that is extra biblical, meaning beyond the biblical precedent. Can we say that God elevated Joseph to power in Egypt? Categorically, yes. That he elevated Daniel in Babylon? Categorically, yes. God gave those men power. David, Saul, yes. But those were unique men in within the biblical history. Of building God's nation. Where and he redemptive would, history. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, this is making the assumption that America yeah. and our president is God's nation and, mm. right? I mean, there's... Right. Well, is God this, involved? Does it, God have you, a will? When you're, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but I'm saying that in when you're comparing it. what he was doing in calling out leaders of Israel to calling out and, and affirming leaders in America. that That is not the same. I also think that it's very possible, entirely possible, that God allows someone to get elected for judgment's sake, not blessing. And I really think the church needs to wrestle with that. It's entirely possible that God allows someone to get elected elected locally at the state level and at the federal level to bring judgment on a nation, not simply to to bring yes, not simply to bring a blessing on a nation. Um, and so can we read Romans 13 real quick? Because I think that's probably what this question asker is basing their question on. So Romans 13, 1 and 2 says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Now this is Romans, yeah. right? So this is when he wrote this when Nero yeah, I mean, was... I mean, so the this is a, a really relevant question that obviously has come up that Paul is addressing, right? Because Nero is one of the most famous, if not the most famous of well, okay, Christians. So I, de- gonna... I definitely think that that Romans, that verse plays here in the sense that, that it, whoever it is, is the authority in my life and I'm subject to them as an authority. I authority. think Romans 13 is a call to submit, not to rebel. In fact, the exactly. very next, yeah. next verse, consequently, whoever rebels. Yeah. Mm. And so I but don't people think will it, hear, take this verse and say any elected official is God's established. Oh, mm-hmm. it's established. It doesn't mean it's it's necessarily for our good. It may be for our judgment. Right. Mm-hmm. And we are still to submit. Right. But wait, but wait, but but in the beginning though, you said no to the question of is this God's will? Well, I we can't say it's in other words, we can't say that a president was elected because God wants to bless us. Right. Both parties are guilty of saying, this is God's will. God wants this person in the office in order to bless America. This is God's will. Sure. And I want to say the most we can say is that God allowed it, allowed them to be, if you want to use the biblical word, established. But it's entirely possible that God allows someone to be elected. That doesn't mean it's for our... Good. Blessing mm-hmm. and good. You're right. Could, you're, to your point, it could be. And right. that regardless of who it is, it's an authority. God has placed yes. governing authorities over us, right. and we should submit to them. But I feel them. like there's this idea, because of what we're saying here, that there's this idea that God looked and went, Biden or Trump? I I'm going to go Trump. You know? Just yeah. Based on, like, because he thinks he's the better candidate. Right. For the reasons that we're thinking he's a better or right. worse candidate or whatever. Do you remember you know? God did not want a king for Israel? but yes. allowed Saul to be elected, yeah. and it didn't mm-hmm. go well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's God's expressed will yeah, and God's unexpressed say, here's, will. Here, we could right? go into a very—the the question is really loaded because the—sorry, the, it's not that loaded. It's not that big of a deal. It sound like it's this huge issue. The idea of God's will is a whole different—like what we're thinking and this person is assuming could be, you know— yeah. One t- one way that God's expressing his will, and there are o- other ways that God's will is Yeah, you could expressed. say it's his will in that he allows it. But I right. thought the question asker was probably going a different direction, saying God's preferred leader are God's those. God's chosen. Right, are those that are winners. Right. Right, right. right. And, and God, I didn't take it. Th- that God's picking the winners for, blessing. for us so that we are blessed. That's how the conversation sounds. It, it, typically, that's how it goes. Typically, that's how it sounds. And mm-hmm. I just think we need to be very careful there. Yeah. It's entirely possible that America gets what it deserves in 
in a bad leader yeah. being elected. Mm-hmm. And some people may try to, you know, some people then may get really, it may be a stumbling block for them to think that, well, God put Trump here and maybe this person is thinking that Trump is, because of Trump, we have all of these racial issues. And so then, so then God must not care about racial issues or right. God must, you know. like Yeah, you play that line of logic out and mm-hmm. it's a mess. Right. So the most we can say, and I think you bring up Romans 13, that's advisable. The most we can say is that God has allowed it. They are our established authorities, and we are to submit to them and pray for them as directed by Paul in First Timothy. Yeah. And the other thing to think about is, they're, granted, our country is in a mess, but I would say I'm, I'd rather live right now as a Christian in this country than yes. mm-hmm. under Nero's reign as a Christian. And so, I mean, they must have had some, they must have been wrestling with this. Let's really. talk about that next week. Government resist. <laughs> when do we resist? Oh, jeez. I'm reading a book. You talk about America. Militia. When do we submit? GEBC and when militia. do we resist? Yeah. I'm reading a book by Ron Chernow. It's uh, about Ulysses S. Grant. And I agree. America has some significant tribalism. Grant mentioned that. We, we have some divisions in our nation. And um, we, I long for us to come together in unity and, and to be a blessing to one another. But you talk about it's not near as bad right now as it was in, in post-Civil War oh, Reconstruction wow. era. Yeah. I mean, it was ugly, ugly, ugly. Mm. So, and, and I'm thankful that we came through that, and I'm hopeful we'll come through this season. And the church needs to be a part of that coming together. We need to say peace, words of peace. We need to say uh, words that, are, that express confidence in God's goodness and call people uh, to be gentle and kind and humble towards each other. Yeah, that's good. Well, that's uh, all the questions we have for you today. But if you have any further questions, comments, or concerns, don't hesitate. Text the Next Level Podcast, 630-474-6164. Our podcast is dedicated to answering listener questions on two levels, answering specific questions about last Sunday's sermon, and also general questions regarding broader topics within the Christian faith. We love God and believe that Scripture is a primary means for our getting to know Him. And our hope is that this podcast extends a learning opportunity for all who want to know God better, strengthening not only your faith, but my faith and our faith together. Thank you for joining us, and thank you, listeners, for tuning into the next level. I can't comprehend. All I know is I need you. Run to the Father, fall into grace. Done with the hiding, reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend. So I'll run to Boom! Prophecy.